Welcome to The Sober Gay, a podcast about being sober in the LGBT community and beyond. I'm your host, Dylan Gay, and yes, that is my real last name. The Sober Gay Podcast is fully self-funded. If you'd like to show your support, go to thesobergay.com and click on tip. Hello, Aubrey. Hello, Dylan. Ooh, I didn't even see you. (laughs) Looking all sneaky, sneaky. What can I say? You know, what Ooh. are we going to be talking about today here? Ooh, okay. So today, <laughs> today, I think it'd be kind of fun to talk about the different stages of sobriety. Ooh, yes. So the different points. Um, right now, I'm at a stage of my sobriety where I'm very confident. I don't think about drinking. Honestly, I don't. I don't think about it at all (laughs) like i go to i go to karaoke on tuesdays um at a gay bar and everyone's drinking everyone's having a good time and guess what i'm there having a good time and there's so many people that don't even realize i'm sober Mm -hmm. and they're like wait a minute you're so like i'll mention it casually or say like oh no i don't drink because they'll offer me a shot or something and Mm -hmm. i'll just say oh no i'm I'm good i don't drink like wait a minute what are you drinking now and i'm like water (laughs) literally water all i have is water i know it's a great feeling so at this stage of my sobriety i'm like i said i'm very confident i don't i don't have those times where i'm scared of what i could do to drown out the thoughts Mm. i'm got i have a pretty clear grasp on who i am what i'm about what dylan presents himself as yeah you know what you know because i am I'm not a body living a spiritual experience trying to get into a spiritual world. I am a spirit living in a human body trying to navigate a human world. And I had to remind myself that, that there's there's a person inside of me that has always been there with me and he is, he's flourishing finally. Mm. And he I get to do it unapolog- unapologetically and just be myself now. And... I, I'm going to hit two years of sobriety. Oh, my gosh. In, in two months. Ah! Yeah, two more months, and I'm at two years of sobriety. And it's... Has it really been two years? Yeah. Wow. I know. And it's it's crazy because you met me at a stage where I wasn't sober, but I was in the in the year of my sober curiosity beginning. Yeah. Because well, I, I met you in January and was sober by that December. Mm-hmm. So it was just like the seasons you got to saw you see like the beginning pre-seasons that you know led into it Mm -hmm. into that decision i remember the first time you asked me at work and you were like super secret and i thought it was hilarious that you kind of like asked me at work you pulled me aside and you're like i need to know a little bit more about this sober stuff that you're doing i don't (laughs) remember that oh really yeah Yeah, we were oh my gosh i remember the setting and everything (laughs) we were in the back by the uh where the grab and go window and everything and we were right by the coffee maker and everything and you just were like how did you get sober why did you get sober i'm starting to think about it myself yeah i I don't want to say that was like the second or third month i met you so you had been contemplating it for a minute because i was i was struggling so much with weight issues in my drinking because i was i mean after 10 years of drinking every night I was doing keto diets and things like that here and there to get that extra water weight off, but I could not 
keep weight off of me. Mm. I would, I just kept ballooning up at least once a year. I would fluctuate pretty big. And then I would just, you know, the, my, my low point of my, um, I don't know how to say this, like the, where I was the lightest Mm -hmm. or healthiest, I should say, would, would always kind of get higher each time. So I was, I was going up and then I was dipping back and I was going up and I was dipping back, but it wasn't going all the way down. I just kept getting bigger and bigger, honestly, after 10 years. And, um, I, I knew that it had to be a lifestyle change Mm. if I wanted to lose any weight. And I'm not saying I got sober to lose weight. It was just one of the many factors, but I knew that it would have to be a complete lifestyle change. I didn't know what that lifestyle change would be. And I didn't end up losing any weight until maybe like the fourth or fifth month into sobriety. Mm. Cause I know right when I first got sober, I was ballooning up even more and i was like what the fuck i thought i was gonna lose weight after but i don't know what happened when i first got off i think i just replaced it with sugar it's a normal i was about to say it's a very normal thing that people actually gain weight when they first get sober okay yeah it's uh i think it is it does have to do with like getting your appetite back and eating specific things and then the sugar especially it is a big sugar thing yeah because i was definitely detoxing from the wine because there's so much sugar and beer and you know, all that. Well, all alcohol, if you think about it, all, most alcohol breaks down as sugar. So when you stopped drinking alcohol, your body is like, I need sugar yeah, because it's just that addiction. Oh my God. When I was doing the keto diet and I was still drinking wine every night because I had figured out that Cabernet was three glasses or three carbs per glass. So I was like, oh, three, six, nine, 12. Okay, so 12 carbs a bottle. I would like save my 20 carbs for two bottles of wine. Oh, you know what I mean? Like I would make sure I was eating like pepperoni and cheese throughout the day, zero carbs all day, just so I would make sure I could spend my carb points on my wine. Mm. And it was like, why? (laughs) That's another example of how we center our lives around alcohol. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's just like, I, instead of figuring out what I could do to help myself, I was like, uh, you know, what could I do to keep drinking and get the results I want? Or what could I do to keep this shitty habit and get the results I want? And it's hard because Mm -hmm. you can't. And it's when you are an alcoholic and you have that problem, it's always going to be there and you can try to, you know, bring it back or dial it back and it's just not gonna work yeah it's moderation is a lie it's not for people like us it is not for people like us at all and eventually even if you do start drinking again and you are handling it for a while there's always that potential that something pushes you over that edge and you get back right to where you started yeah because the moderation always goes the same way it's like okay i'm only going to drink on weekends and then you have a really bad Wednesday night. And you're like, well, you know what? I'm going to give myself a drink night tonight on Wednesday mm-hmm. because I deserve it. And it's almost the weekend. And then since you gave yourself a cheat day Wednesday, well, guess what? Next Wednesday comes around. And you're like, well, I cheated last Wednesday. I can cheat again this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then you start to just you just throw all your rules out the, the window. snowball effect. The snowflakes yep. turns into a snowball. Yeah. You throw away everything that you try to enforce on yourself because you're trying to parent yourself and not trying to be authentically yourself. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to be a guardian of this flesh vehicle that we're driving. You're not actually experiencing it through those eyes. You're just trying to mask it. Mm. The multiple masks of drunkenness. Yeah. Um, there was a part of my sobriety, I think towards the middle where it was like pre-therapy, but post pink cloud 
And I was like, just very confused. Um, that was, you know, as I said, before therapy, that was before I got on um, uh, my antidepressants. And it was after I had kind of gotten off of the high of like, I'm sober, I got this. There was a weird time. I was pretty dark. And I remember um, I had a friend, one of my uh, dear friends come over and I lost it. I was like, I just had a dark moment. I was crying. I was like, I don't understand. Like I try to better myself and no one loves me and I'm never going to find a boyfriend. And I'm, I don't understand why I'm so fucked up in the head. I, I'm mm. over, I, I'm not thinking about alcohol, but there's something inside of me that's missing that I can't fucking find any happiness. And I was like, just stuck. And I, it was, it was probably like the fall time 2020. I was just so stuck. And I felt like I was walking through mud and the mud was just me. Like I was just trying to get through myself mm. and just trenching through. I feel that so much. You just like, you're just stuck. Yeah. Your body is like, it is. It's literally just glue and wherever you're at, it doesn't want to do anything. And you just want to rest. And then you feel lazy because all you're doing is resting. And we're so programmed to think that we have to be go, 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 go. When really our body's like, you're healing. You're, you know, we're just kind of catching up to this lifestyle change that you've made because your body takes a minute. It's almost like whiplash. Mm -hmm. You know, you get the, you reap the sods you see in three seasons. So mm -hmm. like, when I started the sobriety and then three seasons in and you're like, well, I'm, you know, this is the, the, so these are the seeds that I've sown and this is what I'm growing now. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like I had to burst, my seed had to burst through that layer of mud. It was like concrete almost. Yeah. Like yeah. Like, hey, I know we can do this, but we're just going to make it as difficult as possible right now because yeah. It does. It feels like you get hit by a bus. Yeah. And therapy and, you know, getting on my SSRI and doing my blood dumps for my hemochromatosis and just doing all the things that my body was asking for. Then I was able to kind of start with a fresh slate, mm. you know, and then moving into that stage of sobriety where I did all the shadow work and I did all the therapy and learn. And I shouldn't say did all the therapy as if I'm done. I still do it. Mm -hmm. I'm still active in therapy just to like, because we're never done working on ourselves. We're always going to be correcting these false narratives that we've written in our brains that we've just always held on to so mm -hmm. dear that we just have to let go. Once I was in that stage of sobriety, the letting go, and I just kind of like finally dug myself out of the mud and I was doing everything my body was asking for. I was feeding my body what it was asking for, eating when I was hungry instead of eating at specific times mm -hmm. i was just doing everything my body was really just begging for for years mm -hmm. and i remember telling someone um when they asked about when they were asking about my sobriety and i was like i'm the person that i always pretended to be but now i am that person like i used to always be the drunk alcoholic that was like oh yeah i meditate but i could never fully get there and i would always be that drunk alcoholic that went into yoga and but i never really understood i never really mm -hmm. got it i was doing the motions and i would i would post a picture of my juice on my snapchat story you know what i mean like and then go drown out a bottle of wine that night you yeah. know now i wake up have my juice i don't feel any to document it i just do all these things that i 
always just glamorized before that I never thought I would be able to attain. Mm hmm. You know? Oh, yeah, I did that on my bike. I loved when I could be like, I'm drunk and riding my bike right now. Ah. Oh, my God. Were you a Snapchat slut uh, when you were drunk? I was. Me too. All the time, I loved sending people snaps of oh, what yeah. I was doing. I wanted them to think that I was the coolest kid in town. Yeah, I think back now and I'm like, God, they just, cringe. everyone knew. Yeah, it's so cringe. Cringe worthy for sure. I do not. I look back on some of those things and I was like, why did I do that? Yeah, and then you're like, what in the world? And you have to delete things the next day and you're mm -hmm. like, oh my God. I still see some of my Snapchat memories and I look at them and I just kind of giggle like, there was a part of my sobriety, one of the stages, I couldn't look back on those things. It would have made me either triggered or just really embarrassed or just cringe. But now I'm at a point when I watch those, I'm just so thankful that I have a second opportunity in life. that anymore. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm just so happy that I got to experience all of that for my life experience. And I'm in a different chapter. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the same book. It's my life. Where it's all the same book, but I'm just in a different chapter. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the upkeep stage right now for myself. Like, I'm just in a a place where I've gotten everything I needed. I've gotten everything that I have, like, for sobriety. And I know what I need to do. But now it's applying that to every aspect of my mm -hmm. life. Because I do believe that being sober is not just being sober. But it is it is the lifestyle of like choosing how you're going to live each day. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, there are still things that I do personally that um, embody my old drunk self. Um, and it's really just like remembering like that's not who you are anymore and being like, okay, let's pull this back. Let's Let's change that because you don't need to be that person anymore. You can be this. You can be this new person, this new in this new chapter. Yeah. And I guess for me, it's not I. it's kind of just this continuation that's going to happen. It's just noticing those small things that are still buried, because I do believe as alcoholics, we carry it goes back to our inner child. We carry that inner child with us mm -hmm. and it's going to be there forever. And it's always going to kind of be younger than where we are physically. Yeah. Um, and so I will always have to kind of look back as at, at myself, like right now as, you know, someone who is like 20, 21, 22, as opposed to someone who's 29, you know, oh my yeah. God, I'm not 29 yet. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yet. I get that though. Cause I feel like we've talked about it before. Like when you get sober, you're almost snapped back into the brain that you had before you started using. Mm -hmm. And, oh yeah, I definitely feel that I feel 20 years old a lot of the time. And I feel like that music that I listened to at that time in my life is so, it just hits differently. It's, it's, it's nostalgic on a different level. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. I love listening. I do. I love listening to old music that I listened yeah. to when I was drunk because it was just like, this song made me feel this type of way when I was drunk, but now I know why I felt that way. Yeah. And it's just like cool just because I can listen to it in a different way now than I would have before. Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate songs differently. I appreciate music differently. I just have a different, I just have an appreciation for everything now. Yeah. I would say like, I, I look at the world with different eyes. I see the trees for what they are. I see the leaves. I hear the breeze. It's just more, my senses are open. Yeah. Yeah. You're not blocking out half the stuff that reminds you like, like yeah. drinking does. Like, I mean, 
for me drinking it's like yeah you block out your hearing you block out your thought you block out block out everything else because that's just what happens when you black out yeah and you see like we said like maurice and i said in the last episode when you're drinking you can see another entity come over your body and take over that person's body the eyes will go you know they don't remember anything the next day so like who's in control at that mm. point like that's there, it's not you that's in control anymore and like i said earlier we're we're spiritual beings living a human experience it's not the other way around we're not human beings living a spiritual experience it's we are you know our essence is inside of us so when we drink i you can just literally see that little like oh, like just fog out of them and flow out your flow out of them you know what i mean i did you just watch people you watch people kind of slowly uh deteriorate yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously though it is it's like it's like that like i it, and it's almost like it's one drink and like most people are okay but it's like usually that second drink when you just start seeing that like slow like yeah just like everything a little flush flies like slowly sagging down things yep. and, and then and then they start saying some like kind of idiotic stuff or really lovey-dovey stuff. Or really lovey-dovey. And it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. Yep, they're there. I can tell someone now after one drink, I can tell a change in them, honestly. Mm -hmm. I could see it, yeah. And I think about it on dates a lot now, like when I'll go on a date with a guy and he'll have a drink. And I could just tell how he becomes so much more, I shouldn't say everyone, but I can tell some of them become so much more relaxed after like that first sip. And I just kept thinking to my, or I think to myself of like, you know, how I had to tell myself that it wasn't that first sip feeling. That first sip feeling is always inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I can tap into that happiness whenever I want. Mm -hmm. And whenever I want that first sip feeling, I can tap into it. It's true. But I, I still see, see people that are, you know, bound by the alcohol and they're, they're just stuck. It's a, it's a way to easily figure out something without having to figure out something. It's a temporary fix. Yeah, a temporary we fix. We love that in America. We love mm. our temporary fixes. God, don't we? Yeah, <sighs> it's like doing the therapy and doing the work on ourselves, that hard stuff. It, it seems so intimidating and so like, where do I begin? Mm -hmm. But just know that, you know, if you're curious about doing shadow work, you're already starting the shadow work. You know what I mean? Yep. Like if you're just wondering about if there's something inside of you that could make you happier, you're already beginning just to, to, you know, crumble away the rocks and see what's hidden beneath all the treasures inside of you. Mm. Mm. You know, all the treasures inside of you. And I have <laughs> a lot of treasures in my hole. Uh. <laughs> Ooh, we, he got some pearls. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey, if people want to see our pearls, what website can they go to? <laughs> they can go to the sober game. .com. Oh my God. And if they want to send us a pearly email, where can they send those pearls? You all should go to the sober gay at gmail. Dot com. Yes, and we have Instagram to look at our pearly whites. Oh, it is the Sober Gay Podcast. The Sober Gay Podcast. We're back in the 60s now. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, until next time. Stay, stay sober, girl. girl.